You are listening to Jai Long, and this is Make Your Break, episode 140. Hey, in today's episode, I'm talking to Cami and Gabe from a podcast called Don't Take This Personally. They published this podcast about a week ago, and I've got a good response from it. So I wanted to bring it to all you guys as well. So in this podcast, I share a few stories that I've never shared before, but it really does go deep into my origin story. So talking about sort of where I started being an entrepreneur, the mindset, losing it all, but also a lot of stories that I've gone into that I've never shared between when I did lose everything, went bankrupt with my business back when I was 20 years old to the lead up of becoming a full-time wedding photographer and what that looked like. So I was a little bit wild, some pretty crazy stories. I know you're going to be very entertained. Hopefully it helps you understand like how much I've shown up and what we need to do because a lot of the times, and I say this all the time, like we underestimate what we can do. But when you change your mindset and realize that you've got to change your should to a must, then you start showing up completely different. You start going crazy, more relentless, right? You're showing up with that energy and you're exerting that energy and you're extroverting yourself into the world and making things happen. And when you're in a space where you have to make it happen, you act and you make different decisions. You change the way that you take action. You get to work, right? So today's episode is all about that. Now, last week, we just released the Wedding Photography Summit and we had that and the business map was open as well. So it was just a crazy week. I'm absolutely tired right now. There was so much that was going on. I'm ready to take off maybe a two-hour break before I get back into it because I'm going to do some masterminds for all my sailors inside the business map, make sure that we're over-delivering on my over-promises and get people results. That's what it's all about. The community is so big. So many people showed up for us. So I've got to make sure that I keep showing up for everybody. My heart's full. It was absolutely a blast. If you're a part of these things, if you're part of the business map or if you're part of the, the summit, you would know what I'm talking about. Just absolutely, absolutely crazy, like crazy energy, crazy community we're part of, crazy industry, so much positivity, so many people leveling up and just like going after it. And it just makes me so happy that we have so many crazy people in our community, so many people willing and willing to make success so important to them and not taking no for an answer and uh, showing up over and over, regardless of what's happening out there in the world, regardless of what, you know, what our limiting beliefs are and everything else. So don't forget this podcast does come from the Don't Take This Personally podcast with Kami and Gabe. I want you to go over there and have a listen to their podcast as well. I hope today brings you some joy. I hope you get a laugh. I hope you it brings you a new story that you never heard before. And um, if you, again, if you ever need anything, just send me a DM. If you enjoyed today's episode, send me a DM on Instagram, jialong.co. Other than that, let's get into today's episode. Hello! <laughs> We've already got the giggles because Tammy's so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Um, welcome back to another episode. You guys, we're not even going to fuck around with a review or anything because Cammy's sweaty and ready to go. She's so excited. Um, we have a very special guest today. Yes, we and I'm do. like getting hot in my face thinking about it. I'm so excited. It might be the June shine you're drinking. <laughs> we too. did drink the June shine when we were waiting. Okay. 
Wow. Let's freaking go. Um, welcome back to another episode. Here we are. Gaby Poo, how are you? Answer quickly so I can introduce Doing great. Guests. You know what? You heard how I was doing last week. So you right. know, we're, we're, we're fine. Good. I didn't do anything that exciting this last week. And so we're good. Okay, good. Okay, okay <laughs> fantastic. I'm doing good. Thanks for yes. asking. Yeah, blah, 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 always. Blah, 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 bullshit, I'm always bullshit, really bullshit. good at asking Yeah, that. you're so good at asking that. Okay. Now, podcast time. We have a very special guest. I would like to introduce you to Jai Long. Now, all the way from Melbourne. Did I say that right? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So now, just like fangirl moments over here, if you were to ask Cammy, that's me. If you were to ask Cammy, whose podcast would you ever want to be on? I would have said Jai Long's, uh, like 100%. That would have been my first choice. So uh, when Gabe sent me the text, that was like, guess what's happening? I was like, <laughs> oh my God, 2021 is awesome. So um, welcome, Jai. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, and I just want you to tell our listeners a little bit about you. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? What's your elevator pitch bio? <laughs> elevator pitch. Cool. Well, now I have to, I feel like I've got pressure. I have to uh, live up to Cammy's expectations, you know, so <laughs> you're making me all shy. <laughs> it's not often I get into a room and someone says something that great about me, so Aww. I am shy now. You've embarrassed him, Cammy. Oh, I don't care. I'm excited. You've embarrassed me. I was supposed to be on a podcast. <laughs> We're supposed to be welcoming. I'm doing a serious interview here. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Okay. Yep. So I I am a business coach. I'm a wedding photographer. I'm a podcaster. Man, I I do a lot of things. I do a lot of things with a lot of different people. I've got a fashion clothing brand. I have a property development brand. I've got a a seven-figure educational business uh, with one of the biggest workshops in the world or courses in the world for wedding photographers. And we run the Wedding Photography Summit. Also got that. Um, I've got WPS awards as well. So we run awards and um, a lot of stuff for the wedding photography space. Uh, tons of education and um yeah i'm i'm a cruiser i'm just doing my thing and um i'm here in melbourne <laughs> <laughs> you see you i we made a point to say it correctly i was yeah. very excited for that it was funny because i was expecting to hear melbourne. yeah and especially because we're literally in san diego where mm-hmm. probably everyone would think that so <laughs> yeah the thickest of american i literally <laughs> had a client book me last week that used to live in australia and i was like where do you where did you live and she said melbourne and i was like excuse me and she was like melbourne and i was like <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> what? <laughs> so this is brand new information. That's to awesome. Me. So I'm glad that you know I, I ruined my impression already because yeah. I just. Found out. Yeah, no, it's okay. I thought I was like, that's just how you say it if you have the proper accent. I yeah. can't say that as an American. I'll be shunned away. Um, wow. Okay. What a little elevator pitch of everything you're doing. You don't sound nearly busy enough. Like just add a few more things mm. to your plate. Yeah. You know? What about Jai Long on an off day? Yeah. To do some more, yeah, things. you should probably do some more. Off things. day, well, um, so lately I've been baking a bit Ooh. of bread. Um, I have an old vintage car that I go nice. driving around. I do some exercise and been doing some boxing, boxing, ride my bike, go for walks, stuff like that. But to be honest, like, I'm not I'm not a big believer in the nine to five and working, you know, my dreams in between a certain time. So my life is like, there's no balance between like when is work and when is not work. I love to do everything all the time at maximum. So I believe that like, Hey man, if I want to do some work on Sunday, I'm totally doing that. And if I want to have Monday off and like, no one's telling me not to. So, um, yeah. awesome. 
all the time feels like it's off and all the time it feels right. like it's on. No, I love oh, how you I said that. I love that. I like that a lot. Love. All the time also mm. feels like it's off. I don't feel like I've ever heard anyone say that. Yeah, that's cool. That's really cool. That's really I like cool. to live that way too, but I don't know if I do a very good job. No, I'm just on all the time and then get burnt <laughs> out and get sick for a month. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I am really excited to hear just a little bit about your journey. You do so many things. Uh, you do a lot of things and have a lot going on. And could you kind of give us like the trajectory of your career, yeah. I guess, like where you started, where you went, just like in a kind of a linear timeline. Yeah. Where did this start? Cool. All this entrepreneurship. Well, entrepreneurship all started when I was much younger. Like, I don't know if you guys know a lot of my story and sometimes I feel like I repeat so many things, but, um, so when I was younger, I grew up homeless and I grew up in housing commission. I grew up, um, so it's like government housing, uh, in and out of women's refuges and stuff like that. A lot of domestic violence mm. in our family and, and a lot of like no money, a lot of, uh, I was very nomadic and, um, for me, I was like a young hustler. I was always looking like, where could I find some money? Where can I find an opportunity so I can like change my life? You know, uh, it wasn't until I was like much older when, um, my dad was actually going in and out of rehab. Um, he was trying to kick an old drug problem and I wanted to help him, man. Like, I mean, that's, that's what it was all about. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to help him. And I remember like, I went in there to visit him in rehab and I was about, about 19 years old, maybe 20 years old. And, um, I was like, dad, like, how can I help you? Like, what, what can I do? And, um, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, he needs purpose. Now, if I gave him a job or if I got him a job, he would have purpose. Right. So the thing sort of clicked in my head that I was like, if I went out there and got him a job, then he would be able to change his life. So back then there were old, you know, telephones on the side of the street. I go down there and get into a directory and I just cold call, just picking up the phone, just ringing up every business in town ringing up everyone in the, in the area, just trying to get an interview for him. The problem was he wasn't employable. Like he was missing teeth. He was currently in rehab. Mm -hmm. He's never really had a job. And so I was finding it really hard, but I never say impossible. Right. But, um, what I realized was I was like, why is he unemployable? Like who makes the rules? And I realized the people that own the business make the rules. And then I decided if I was going to get him a job, I have to be the boss. I have to have the the company, the business. So I would look for opportunities wherever I could. I found a place. I knew my dad was a really good cook. I found a place to open up a cafe. It was like this um, warehouse shed thing, renovated with all my friends, put all my money into it. Um, you know, I quit my job, went straight into this thing. And I started this cafe so my dad could have a job so I could employ all my friends and stuff. Problem is my dad actually died of a drug overdose about two weeks before we actually opened the doors of the place. So my purpose disappeared. My why disappeared. And it took about 12 months of like wit and grit and hustle to try and keep this place open. You could sit 300 people, so many people had all staff and stuff everywhere. Didn't know business. Uh, it took about 12 months for me to finally close the doors and go bankrupt. And I'm, and I remember that exact moment when my girlfriend at the time said to me, um, like, I think this is all over to be honest. Like we have to close the doors. Like we got too many people chasing us. You're working too much. Like nothing is moving in the right direction. And I remember at the time we were living in the shop and we we're living in this car that a friend gave to us. And um, I remember that the last day, like I, I shut the door and then I hopped in the car and I felt like, oh man, I just failed so badly. Mm. Right. And I drove out about probably about half an hour up the road and we parked at the beach and um, we we're sleeping in the van. I went to sleep that night and I woke up the next morning and I remember just laying there looking out and I was watching the sunrise over the ocean. 
And um, like, so I was just laying there and I was just watching sunrise and I had the window cracked just a tiny bit. So there was a bit of breeze coming in and it smelled nice and it was like really fresh and I could hear the water. And I remember looking out and I was like, man, if this is my rock bottom, this is not that bad. And it felt like I was like reborn, right? I was like, I was like, I'm here, I'm at the bottom. And I'm like, and today I'm ready to go again. And so like, since then I've I've been starting businesses and and doing everything always, you know? (laughs) So that's like my origin story, I guess, wow. of like why I'm so passionate about what I do. Um, obviously, I, I came, became a creative as well. And for me, because I've been do, doing business for so long, I understand it. I love it. I find it creative. And I, and I see a big disconnect in the community of a lot of us. We, we run things from our heart, but we don't understand business. And so that was my niche. I was like, I, I understand business and I can show you exactly what to do. Love that. Uh, Specifically, what stuck out to me is when you said you were looking out at the ocean and you were like, if this is my rock bottom, it's not that that bad. bad. Um, And I've I've been definitely like more in a much more like entrepreneurial type mindset the last couple of years. I have a studio over here in San Diego that I rent out and stuff like that. And I have, you know, had this wedding photography business for four years and I'm already like kind of starting to transition into more like studio work and branding and stuff like that and, um, have hit like these bumps. And I've, I've never felt like I was at a rock bottom necessarily, but there were times where I was like, man, like a year ago, I was doing so much better than I am now, but I don't know. I, it's, I feel like it's really easy when you are in like an overcome, like you've overcome your rock bottom place to be like, Oh, like everyone hits a, you know, hard times like that. Everyone can like move past those as long as you have the right mindset. But like, I would love to hear your thoughts on like what it felt like when you, when you were in that moment, you say that you were ready to like go already. I don't feel like people normally are are that ready to go party a lot longer than that. (laughs) Like, I feel like I would have a hard time when I was at rock bottom, like moving on, I would feel like I would dwell on it a lot. So like, Mm. how do you feel like you just were always in that place where you were ready to tackle the next thing? Or did it take some time? Like, can you tell us a little bit more about that? I was always ready. And one thing we got to remember is like when you do hit rock bottom, you have a new threshold of risk because when you have felt it and you've done it, um, like I've got friends that won't risk anything because they won't give up their TV or their, their nice condo, or they won't give up a car. They're like, man, I couldn't live my life without a car, you know? And I'm like, man, I fucking live on the street and I'm still going. Like it, there's a different level of, of like what you wouldn't do and what I would mm. do. Sort like of makes thing. you less scared so, to lose stuff when you're like, I've lost yeah, it all. You already and know. I'm fine. <laughs> well, look, you're only scared of what you don't know. So I'll be more scared of success where someone else will be more scared of losing something. Because if you don't know it and you've never experienced it, of course you're going to be scared. That's what divides us with anything. That's why there's so many race wars and so many different things is because we get confused of not understanding someone else and their beliefs and their views and stuff. And then we're scared of it, right? Whoa. And so if you associate yourself. If you go into those groups, if you go and meet some extra people, you go and have another conversation, of course, your mind's going to open up. And of course, you're going to be more open to the world and you're going to be um, ready to go and do things. So for me, losing everything, it gave me more strength. And I've already been rock bottom like my whole life. And so it was like, there was no, like having a pity party ain't going to help me and it's not going to move the needle for me. And I know that. And I already know that I failed because of myself. It was my own fault, which means if I take that responsibility, I know success is my own fault. And so if I don't have success, it's my fault and I better go and make it better go make it happen. And I'm always thinking like that. I played a long game. So like, it's always like moves ahead, but I do think like 
I have to thank myself for everything. I've got to thank myself for losing everything for, you know, for being here today in this mm. position and, and, you know, all the things in between. But yeah, I think, I think it's important to have that threshold, that strength to be able to lose it, have the humility to be able to do it in front of people, let go of your ego and people that are usually hungry and they want it. They will find a way to make it happen. Amazing. I well slow clap. You can just fucking end there. <laughs> Whoa. That was, that was good. That was good. That was really good. Sorry, what were you gonna say? Um, I was gonna say as you were growing up, um, and you mentioned you were homeless and you were bouncing between like refugee homes and stuff like that. Um, I mean, obviously you are a very ambitious person. I would love to know where that. I guess you you mentioned like wanting almost like to provide for your parents in a way, provide for mm. your dad. Absolutely. Um, was there a source of inspiration outside of the hurt that you like grew up with or like the the turmoil you grew up with? Was there a source, like a physical source of like, hey, like this person or like this business, whatever is what's kind of gave me a little bit of a spark to to try something like this or try a little harder? Yeah, man, we, there's two reasons why we move. We move towards something or we move away from something. So we, we move away from pain or we move towards pleasure, mm-hmm. right? And so, for instance, like your question there is like, was there someone that inspired me that I'd want to move towards them? But I was actually always moving away. Interesting. And so for me, it was like the hurt. It was too painful not to move. Mm. To, it's too painful not to take action. Yeah. And so like with that in my mind, it was... It was painful to see people not believe in me. It was painful for people to tell me that I wasn't anything. Like it was painful that I didn't go to school when everyone mm. else did. It was painful other people had choices and I didn't. It's painful that other people had nice clothes and I didn't. It was painful that I was like in line, you know, to wait for charity and food stamps and all that kind of stuff. And it wasn't for other people. So for me, it was the pain that drove me, man. I wanted to prove to people that I was smart enough, I was good enough, I was ambitious enough, I'm resourceful enough, like I'm courageous enough. And I wanted to show people that like I was enough. And I think that for me was the driving factor. And I didn't, I just don't believe, and I didn't never believed when someone doesn't believe in me, man, I never believed their truth about me. Like I believed my own truth about me. And I was like, you're wrong. And I'm going to prove it wrong. Um, because I know what I can do and like, well, actually I don't even know what I can do. I underestimate my own potential, but I know there's more than what you think there is. Amazing. And then while you kind of to piggyback off something you said, was there a lot of like, push back towards your ambition when you were younger, like your, your parents or like Definitely. the community around you, were they just kind of like confused by you? Were they more like, did they actually like put you down about everything or was it more of like a sense? And it was, it was really yeah. hard. Like to put it in perspective, the street that I grew up on was class as the most dangerous street in our state. It was patrolled twice a mm. day. It was chaos. Like there was so much mm. going on. And um, I was always just like, I'm going to get a job. Like I'm going to go and do these things. And so like I was doing that from a young age, but even when I was, I think I moved out of home when I was about 15, 16 and in Australia, you could get welfare when you're that age. So if you live out of home and you got a broken home and stuff. And I remember I went and got welfare just so I could give the check to Mm. my mom. So then she could look after my brothers and sisters. Mm. And then I went and worked for cash and I couldn't even get enough money for a job to live out of home. So I had to work night times as well. And I remember like for me, like people, all my friends thought I was yeah. crazy. It's like, what are you doing, man? You're killing yourself yeah. here. But like for me, it's I seen it as my duty. It was like my obligation. I'm like, I'm here to show up and and you know make a difference because I can. Like no one else is gonna do right. it for me. There ain't no one giving me a loan or giving me advice or giving me a check or giving me a handout. Like I just knew that was never gonna happen. Wasn't wasn't in my 
wasn't in my story. You know, I wasn't privileged enough to have that. Mm. Did you find that you were the only one in your community that was pushing that hard? Like, did you have any like peers or anything in the group that like maybe (laughs) kind of wanted the same thing or was pushing away from the same, you know, lifestyle that you were trying to push away from? Yeah, I think with our friend group, we definitely sort of split into two. Okay. And I think um, some people, I think some people might've got like a little bit inspired okay. by me because I've I've had this energy right. forever, right? So they'd always be like, man, fuck, Jai, like, I don't know what's going on there, but he seems to always have money and he's always got opportunities, always lucky. And they'd always say yeah. these words about me. And so I'm still friends with mm. those guys. And then the other ones, like, man, like they're still in the same mm. place, doing the same thing. And when I drive through town, I still give them a wave. Wow. And yeah, it's just... Interesting how we all can grow up the same, same upbringing and stuff, but um, the result can be so different down to your mindset. No doubt. Do you, you live close to the street that you grew up on? No, I I live about like probably 2000 miles away. Oh, okay. Wow. (laughs) So so in the past, past, you've driven down those areas and you to kind of like- When I go home, my mom still lives in the government house, the same house I grew up in and everything. So I go up there, visit her. Okay. Cool. Wow. So you keep saying the word mindset, and I know from Cammy that that's a key phrase that you use pretty often. Can you explain what that means to you? Like what the the importance uh, of, I guess, the mindset, the mindset you're talking about is. It's funny, man. It's, it's like such a buzz thing okay. right now. And um, if you go back to my education, like even back in like 2015, it's something I've been talking about for so uh-huh. long. And back then when I used to talk about it, man, like no one took notice of my education. Like people would actually say I was crazy. Mm. Because they're like, well, tell me the strategies. It's not, nothing to do with mindset. And I'd be like, it's only to do with mm. mindset. And so now it's like becoming more and more popular. Uh, and now it's becoming a buzzword. So then, so obviously my education is becoming more popular because I'm speaking the same truth as I did back then. It's just finally like people are starting to take notice and or believing that it matters. But mindset, man, is something um, we all need to work on mm. always. And, you know, I've been working on mine um, proactively since I was, 20 years old. And, uh, I read, I read a book every four days. I go for walk, like at least an hour walk every single day. I I listen to podcasts. I listen to audible. I work on these things all the time because for me, I have to get into those habits and I've got to get into that change because it's not something that happens overnight Mm. or something you hear from one podcast or one coach or, you know, whoever it is, one workshop, it's a continuum. And when you finally get through and you change your belief, your limiting beliefs, your truth, what you believe about yourself and the world around you. And then someone, you're, you're open enough for someone to challenge your belief and then you'd actually change your own belief. Like that takes a lot of humility, right? And not many people want to get to that. So I believe like for you to get to a high level of open-mindedness and having a really good mindset is when you will listen to someone that you fully disagree with and then you actually agree with them and then you actually see points with what they believe and what you believe and then you create a new truth based of actual data opposed to just what you made up in your head. And I think that's like really, really important, but it is a difference between anyone, man. Like, you know, I am, you know, I'm a successful business person. I've got a seven figure business. I do all these things like, of course, but there's no difference between me and you or between me and maybe even Elon Musk or someone else, because it just comes down to like how they're wired, what's their purpose, what's their why and their mindset of what they believe about themselves. Awesome. What did you said something that I want to go back to it? And I'm forgetting. <laughs> I know. My <laughs> like, um, but you did 
You guys are asking me two good questions. No, I'm sorry. No, I, just get, doing, I, I, I get excited, you know. I'm Something excited. You, you, you said the word lucky a little bit ago mm, when you were like talking that. about yeah. like, oh, everyone, you know, people say like, oh, he's so lucky. But like my favorite thing you say is like, mm, funny how like the harder I work, the luckier I get, huh? Uh, <laughs> I love exactly, that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I say that all the time now. Um, yeah, <laughs> I love It's so that. true because nice. I think people have like said this. You even said it the exact way that <laughs> I say it. <laughs> With you know, sass. like on my, on, on my podcast, I, well, I literally say that. I'm like, oh, it's funny it's that funny. Like, the harder yeah. I work, the luckier yeah, I get. Yeah. Like, funny. <laughs> oh my God. There must be some connection here. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, no. yeah. It's just, I notice that too in my own life so much that when I'm surrounding myself with, and not even really on purpose, but when I'm listening to things that make me feel good, when I started doing this podcast mm. with Gabe and I'm around him every week for like a whole day, oh, like yeah. I believe you're like the average of the five people closest to you. And like what has happened in my own life and my own business, just a result of like adding this person into my life on a, in a consistent way. When I'm like listening to podcasts that inspire me, when I'm like listening to workshops that just like get me fired up, like the energy around that, yeah. uh, it's just, it's so real. It's so real. Um, but when I'm in a shit mindset and not on purpose, but like if I have things going on or, I mean, especially like COVID is like a great example. I was like so depressed for so long and scared. And so like nothing positive happened in my business. And then when I decided mm-hmm. I was going to like stop, just like stop that. And like, you know, started like adding things into my life to make me feel good again. Like my business blew up again. And it's like, whoa, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You go to work. Funny how things change when you get yeah. to work. Yeah. I would love to go. I thought of it. Yay. I would love to go back to you said (laughs) something that I love. um, And I feel like I'm trying to talk to people about constantly, which is that um, you mentioned how like once you can take advice from someone that you totally disagree with or just entertain the opposite side of your personal beliefs, like how much can you truly grow Mm, from that? Of course. Um, When did you when did you get to the place where you felt like you started actively, I guess, engaging and listening to people that had opposite beliefs. And people are so bad at this. Yeah. People hate listening to people and, they yeah, disagree with. Yeah. They do. And you know what? There actually isn't a um, time because I actually believe I have always listened. Mm. It's kind of weird because I've been so curious yeah. my whole life. So I love listening to someone that's like more educated mm. than me. Uh, and they're telling me the way that it is. Um, someone that's less educated. Someone's got more money, less money. Someone's from the other yeah. side of the world. Someone different color, you know, different preferences, like different, whatever for me, like that's fucking yeah, life. It's it fascinating. Is. There's so many cool people, so many cool concepts. Everyone's making shit up in their heads, their own reality. Yeah. And then it's like, man, you get to get into a pool and, and actually listen to all these. So it's like, for instance, like when, when someone jumps on and they're like, man, like fuck Donald Trump. Like this is the reasons why <laughs> I'm like, interesting. And then I'll read this, the, the uh, reasons why people hate him. Then I'll read the reasons why people love him. I'm like, interesting. <laughs> like it's actually, no, you know what I mean? Like I it's totally so interesting. Understand. Like it's like, so this dude is like, maybe he's saying the same thing, but then it lands on people differently. And it also lands on lefts and rights uh-huh. differently. So then you get this weird cross pollinization based on what they think that the story that he's creating. Totally. So then you can have an open conversation about it. And you, I don't think you need to shut him down and say like, oh no, I, I don't support that guy. I don't believe in that guy or whatever. It's like, oh, tell me what you think and just listen. And when you listen, I think you get a whole world, like a wealth yes. of knowledge and a world of knowledge. And I think that's so yes. important. Ugh, Something I've been trying to implement a lot um, because I have tendencies to be really opinionated and stubborn in them. Um, and so like the last few years I've been trying to add like, but I reserve the right to change my mind. 
like into like my totally. uh, my vocabulary and like in conversation with people, like I like catch myself being so like strong about certain things. And then I'm like, oh, but I reserve the right to change my mind. Tell me what you think. Let me slow down. Um, and then a lot of the times I do, you know, honestly, I don't believe it's bad to be opinionated. Yeah. Like, I actually think the opposite, like get fucking passionate. Yeah. If you're passionate about something like do that. Right. And I think the people that should be opinionated, are the ones that actually listen as well. So listen and be opinionated. And that way you at least can like sort of change and come to terms with someone that's a good communicator. Yeah. But of course, like that's what makes you, totally. you and that's what makes you special. So never. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say the <laughs> older I get, I'm trying to be like, you know, cause I remember when I was younger, I would hear things that I would be like, wow, I think I changed my mind, but I can't back down now, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God, I've got to say the, the, one of the things that kills humans it like kills everything is the fact that no one ever wants yeah, to be wrong. Exactly. And we prove like, no matter how wrong we are, we always want to prove to ourselves that we're mm-hmm. right. Even if we're pushing it way worse, yeah. like it's, it actually blows my mind. And so people do this, right? If you say right now, like Jai, I can't afford, I can't afford for you to be my business coach. And I'm like, Oh, well let's have a conversation about it. So what that person will do, they've already made up their mind, but now they need to prove to me that they definitely can't afford it. And people do that throughout their life. That was just like an analogy, but they prove to themselves that they are in this situation or that they do have depression. I've got to prove it. You know, I've got to show people like, oh, they're being hard done by. I've got to prove it because they don't want to prove to themselves that they're actually wrong. And maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's a different way we can think or a different answer to their question. Who knows? Amazing. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree with that. Something that we've talked about in the past recently is uh, we had an episode about budget and uh, like a business approach and stuff like that. And something that we talk about all the time is like, when do we decide when to spend money on different things? And I, and Cammy and I both always are spending money before we technically can afford it. Because yeah. like you said, like it's easy to convince yourself that you can't afford something, but isn't everything that we're investing in supposed to bring us more in? And, yeah. it, and it also goes back to like full circle too, you know, yeah. back to taking risks. It's like, okay, well, are you willing to like risk, you know, to feel a little bit uncomfortable financially in order to potentially have a huge break that you wouldn't know well, if it's going to work or not, not unless you try. Yeah. I've oh, never yeah. once regretted spending big no, money for on sure. my business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Awesome. I'm coming for the business ma- ma- next, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the business mindset. You have to yeah. join me. Yeah. You have to I, join I, me. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like a loner. I'm like waiting for my moment. Um, <laughs> You're going to be in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but I want us to take a little step back and kind of go back to our like linear timeline. So after the cafe, then what was next for you? So after your interesting, yeah, after the rock bottom ocean movie moment you had, um, what? <laughs> it, it kind of it kind of goes a little bit more rock bottom to be Ooh, honest. So okay, <laughs> let's hear it. Like oh, I mean that that that's like everyone's rock bottom is like you know if you go on bankrupt you lost all your money you're in debt and everything and so I had to talk to a solicitor and I talked to the banks and I was like look I don't want to declare bankruptcy because I want to like I'm going places I want to buy a house right. one day I want to do these things and they said well. What you have to do then is you got to pay off the money as fast as possible. And it's a lot of money, right? And so then I remember I was like, all right, well, I need to find out how to make a lot of money, like solution to my problem. So I looked around and at the time in Australia, um, the mining industry was booming. And so I knew I was like, Ooh, I could get onto the mines, like into the mines, like coal mines, um, iron mine, like iron ore mines and things like that. Um, this is not I what I thought. Were you literally a miner? I'm getting there. So, I, so I was like, okay, so this, 
this could be this could be it, right? This could be it. So I started contacting everyone. I was an electrician. Okay. So I was like, I finished my apprenticeship and I was an electrician, right? By trade. So I finished that. I quit that so I could um, become a, a business owner, cafe owner. So after that, I was like, I'm going to get onto the mines. I heard they pay a lot. So I started just like cold calling again, ringing everybody. And then finally I got onto someone like a friend of a friend. I was like, Hey man, yeah, we know someone and we're building accommodation for miners in basically the desert middle of nowhere. It's like a real rough area, but like welcome to come up. And it, you didn't even have to tell me twice. I was already driving up there. It was probably like maybe like 3000 miles away. Um, just cruise straight up now, maybe about 2000 miles away. I'm, overestimating those in miles instead of kilometers. So yeah, I got there and uh, man, like I worked, I was getting paid probably about $5,000 a week and I worked and worked. Like you stay out there, you work 12 hours a day, seven days a week for six weeks straight. And then there were like laws saying that you weren't allowed to do that. But our boss was just like, man, if you want to sneak in, you can. So then like you're supposed to take time off, but I'd literally just keep going, keep going. So I'd be working every day to make that money. And then like I rented a house like um, back where I was living for my girlfriend and stuff and the job finally finished and I was up there for like six months and it was a grind. You, you live, it's like prison, right? So there's so many people in there that, that um, go to prison, they come out and they go to the mine. So you stay in a room, it has a toilet next to your bed. Uh, it's grim. You work from um, dark to dark. You go to this place called a dry mess and that's where you go make your lunch, go make your food and stuff. And then you go to the wet mess and that's where you can have a drink or something. Then you go... And then you go back to your donger and it's called a donger. So that's where you go and sleep. And it's like prison. It's basically prison. And so once my sentence was up, <laughs> I paid back the banks and everything. And I was like, this is nice. And I got back to the Gold Coast. And at that stage, my girlfriend was just like, you haven't been here. Like it's, it's over. And I was like, shit, man. And I was like, so I got like, back. When finally, he said it's like, more rock bottom, back, Andy, right? this was coming. <laughs> No. <laughs> I was I was like I was like I just got back like I just drove back like 2000 oh. miles and I had all my stuff in the car and I was like just got to the house and I was like oh man like this is a nightmare right <laughs> and at that moment my, my yeah my, my boss rang me up back from up the coast and he was like he was like man we actually have a contract we need someone for the next couple of months. And like, you are the most ambitious. If you want this job, you can have it, but you have to start tomorrow. So this is 2000 miles away. And I was like, well, fuck man. I just got kicked to the curb. I'm ready for this. My stuff's already in the car. So I walked in, got my stuff, hopped back in the car and I drove. And on the way I got three speeding fines as in I got pulled up by the police and they're like, um, excuse me. Like you're going over the thing. I was like, give me the fine. It's all good. And I'd keep going, keep going. And then on the last one, the cop was like, he's like, you got two other fines there. I was like, just give me the damn fine. I'm on my way to work. Right. Cause I don't care if I lose my, my license. I was like, I know if I didn't show up by tomorrow, then I wouldn't have the job. Like that's what my boss said. Right. <laughs> so I got back on that. I got back on there. Um, and I worked for like probably another, uh, maybe three months or four months on there. And then I got a contract and I, and then I had to go to Western Australia, which is the other side of the country. And then I was working on a hospital in a community, uh, for coal miners and I'm um, equally hectic, man. And that's when I got into photography, but yeah. So that was like, me changing my life and making the sacrifice, you know, sacrifices that most people wouldn't make yeah. to try and get myself out of a situation. <laughs> so when you said, I don't care if I lose my license, I just got to get to this job. That was amazing. You weren't joking when you said that you don't, you know, you, you've had lost everything before. So. Yeah, that was amazing. Jeez. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Okay. Wow. So <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Next, you said that's how you got in. I actually haven't shared that with like really anyone. So that's really cool. <laughs> 
That's a cool Listen, story. That Come like, on, you have not? That's yeah, like such a great story. I mean, I've got yeah, so many yeah. stories and no one's ever asked me the story of like what happened next. Like no one's ever said oh, that to me. Wow. Oh, well, you heard it here first. Yeah, you did. Maybe that's like my journalism background coming in. I was like, wait, but what's next? Like, like, yeah, something's now missing. What? Now now what? What? There's now a missing what? piece to this puzzle. I know. Okay, like paint me a picture of the time. Like, <laughs> well, there's a real interesting story of how I became a full-time that's wedding photographer. We, I was about and to that's what everyone... That's what everyone wants. Okay, for that one, give us a short version because you've told it, right? <laughs> give us the good story. Oh, man. It, it's <laughs> okay, a good okay, story. Okay, Our listeners <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. So, oh, man, that makes me laugh. Um, so I come back from the mines. <laughs> I'm moving to a share house with some friends. <laughs> Beginning of that um, story. I've done, I'm back from the mines. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're mines. in like the 18th century. <laughs> story I, know. I know, I know, I know. When people say, Joe, you're just lucky, man. How, no, how you are so lucky? not I'm lucky. I'm fucker now. Luck was not it. <laughs> I'll fight anyone that says oh, that about you, Jai. Fight anyone who says <laughs> it's just like, oh man, it's, it's like something dies on me. When someone says that to me, you're so lucky something dies. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, I am. I'm so yeah. lucky. Did you work in the mines? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm dying. So, okay. I want like, man, I'll get some crazy stories. I want to paint a okay. picture for you. When I, when I went to Western Australia, I was like, just before that, I moved into this house in Brisbane. And it was a halfway house. We had some backpackers living there and we had one, a couple of Canadians living there with us. So he actually went over to Western Australia. And when I finally finished the contract that I had, I actually rang him up and he said, he said, yeah, come over to Western Australia. We're building this hospital and it's going to be awesome. So this is just a side story, but this is kind of hectic. But, um, so I was like, cool, I'm going to come over and do this job. Right. So I get there and it's all this big burly men pick me up at the airport and me, I'm, I'm creative. So I was always just like small, no, like nose ringing, <laughs> cruising around. And, um, and so I get there and, um, and so the first thing, this boss, he's, he's this Swedish, Swedish Australian guy. And he's, he's like, likes to swear, but he was also like bisexual and he had this really weird kind of um, sense of humor. And like, you never knew what kind of side you would get because you have all these personalities and he'd be like, Jai, darling, fucking, how are you? And this is how he would talk to me. And I'd be like, okay, I'm a little bit confused. And he's like, here's the car keys. So he gives me the car keys to go and stay in this house and, um, in town. And so I've got this brand new ute, like, so like a brand new truck. And I drive in and a park and I'm going to go live with someone else. Never met this person before feeling nervous. And so this house is like a, it's like a concrete block house with, with bars on the windows. There's no grass, obviously it's kind of like Arizona. It's just like, um, there's no grass. And so I park my car and I go in there and I introduce myself and I meet the other guys I'm living with, go to bed that night. And in the middle of the night, I hear something get smashed at the front and it, it was my car getting smashed. And then there was all these people coming in. They were trying to break into the house and they were like trying to smash down the door what? and stuff. And I was like, what the hell is going on? And then one of the guys was like, oh shit, Jai, did you leave the keys? In, like, did you leave the, the windows wound up on the car? And I was like, yeah, I did. And he's like, oh man, they, they're going to smash your car. So I went out there in the morning and I was like scared that night, man. I was glad they had bars. But so they have like, just like all the indigenous Australians kind of cruise through there. And what they were looking for is change. So everyone leaves the glove box unlocked, 
like the ashtray open and, and windows always wound down. And because I wound it up, they think something's in there. So they smashed it. And so I had to drive to work that day. And I was like, man, I'm sorry. Like the, the truck's already been smashed. There's like a dent all over it. And the, the windows are all smashed in and stuff. Oh, and no. Everyone at work was obviously just like laughing at me. But here's the crazy story, right? So there were some like really rough people in there. And so after work, this was my first night there. And they're like, Jai, we're going to go down and have a, like go to the pub. I'm going to have a beer. So I'm sitting down there and there's about 12 of us around. And um, this guy comes in, this, this actual Aboriginal guy comes in and he's like, did one of you guys steal my wallet? And um, I'm like, oh man, what's happening here? And then everyone just puts their hands up and they go, all right, we're leaving now. And so we get up and then we walk out. I'm just like, why, why are we all leaving? And he's like, man, you don't want to be messing with anyone around here. We walk out the front and there's about 50 people standing out there. And what they do, the people in this community is they'll go in, they'll start a fight. And when they come out, there's like about 50 people that will, you know, basically mug you and, and bash you or whatever. But I was trying to contact my friends, that, like my Canadian friends, and I couldn't get onto him. And then the next day I heard that he was missing. And then I heard he was missing again. Then there were stories going around. Then it went on Australian news that he's been missing and there's something at play. And then everyone started talking about he's, he's ended up dead because he was actually at the pub and something happened to him. And then he actually had an argument with his boss at the pub. And then the guy t- dragged him outside, killed him, cut off his head drove to work, threw his head out, threw his body out. And then everyone on my job site found him. And this is like my third day at this job. And I'm like, holy fuck. I was like, this is the dude I was supposed to be hanging out with here. And I was like, what the hell is this? How crazy is that? Life? I know. And it's, it's like, I've got to paint this picture because um, I want to show and you then how you started shooting it was out there. <laughs> well, what happened was... What happened was it literally, it literally was like that. Literally like that. So everyone was going to the pub every, every afternoon. They're going to have drinks. And I just did not want to go back down there. So I bought a camera and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go take pictures every afternoon. I want to learn photography. So after work, everyone else would go down, you know, go and have drinks. They get into fights and stuff. And I'll jump in my truck and I'll go down to the beach and I'll just take photos of anything and everything. And I did that. And I started a blog called free the bird and I'll, and I'll just post photos for everyone. And, and that for me was the start of, photography yeah it was Who wild are you? Die. that's that is yeah that was wild yeah i like don't mm. even know where to go from there um so we could I've actually, I have never told that story before either. I haven't even got to the story of like me starting as a wedding photographer, which is funny. <laughs> um, I like, that's a great, I, I like. That was me getting started. I like that as an origin story for your wedding photography business. <laughs> too. That's cool. Because like that blog you started is not, was it, that's still like the business name you use for, yeah, the where, yeah. That. where did um, that name come from? I was literally at the mines, man. And I was like, I want to get out of here. And I felt like a prisoner. Like I felt like a prisoner. I was like, I I need something. And it was me freeing myself. Like that's what it was. And I was like, free the bird. I was like, that's what my business is going to be called. And and I'm out of here, man. And I'll tell everyone, I'll walk around job site. I'm out of here. And so why weddings? Why, Why was that interesting to you? Uh, it was interesting because I wanted to change my life and I wanted to get into rooms with people that I'd never been in with before, like people that had money, for instance. And I figured like, I was actually good at weddings because I'm good at talking to people. And so, and no one was going to tell me what to do. There's no art directors. There's no like, there's no rules in weddings. So it was actually, it's actually a really easy job. So for me, I was like, man, 
I'm keen on weddings. And I also thought there was no good wedding photographers because I was so naive. Like 2013, like Instagram was barely a thing. And you had to like Google a wedding <clears throat> yeah. photographer. And anyone that was good at Google was terrible at photography at that stage. So you'd Google some things and you go, oh my God, everyone's terrible. I could be That's good That's when at I this, started you know? too, so that 2012, was like, 2013. Like yeah. I had Google, like wedding photography, exactly. Seattle, where I was living at the time. And that's like where I discovered exactly. other wedding photographers. So funny. Yeah. So that was sort of the start. Okay. So <laughs> when, <laughs> after starting that blog, when was your like first wedding since, since starting the blog? Yeah. My first wedding was an interesting story. Of course it <laughs> so was. Please tell me no one's head got cut off. Okay. No, no, nothing like that happened. Yeah. <laughs> so with that, with that blog, one thing that happened, it kind of blew uh-huh. up. Because overnight it's got featured on the main site of WordPress. Oh, like, oh wow. WordPress, like the main oh. page. Yeah. And it was like, I was like featured for a week, which back then that yeah. was a big yeah. deal because it was kind of like being featured totally, on Instagram or totally. something, you know? Yeah. So within a day, like I went to work and, and I moved to Melbourne and I was going to, um, I got a new job here, like working as a, as an electrician and I was like working my way up and, um, within a day, I got about a thousand emails from my blog and I was like, Oh man, I've been hacked. And then I was looking at it. And then I was like, no, these are all real emails. And people were saying like, Oh, I'd love you to shoot my wedding. or I'd love this. I love that. And, um, yeah, I was like, I was like, what the hell's going on? Then I realized I was featured on WordPress. Then I just reached back to people. I was like, yeah, I can shoot your wedding, man. I was like, uh, 500 bucks. And people were like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so the first wedding I ever shot, okay. Two things. I didn't have the right gear. I, I used a fisheye lens and a zoom nice. lens. Amazing. I'd never been to a wedding before except my parents' wedding when I was like, you know, 10 wow. years old in the lounge room. So never been to a wedding. Didn't know what weddings were really. And so when I was there, I was walking around, I was asking everybody like, what happens next? What happens next? And I was shooting this thing. And then I felt like I did a great job. But when it got to about reception, I got there and I noticed everyone was like sitting down to eat. And I was like, oh, the wedding's over. So I walk up to the couple and I was like, all right, guys, I'll, I'll see you later. Like, thanks for having me. And I just left. <laughs> and it wasn't until like a year later, I was like, why did I leave halfway through that wedding? I was like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't know there was such a thing as a reception. I had no idea. And they didn't even say anything. Yeah, they me. didn't say anything. That's but, funny. I mean, <laughs> no. So like, I didn't start off by like second shooting for yeah. someone or like, you know, you know, like learning or Googling what a wedding was. I literally just said, yeah, 500 bucks. I'll yeah. be there. And I just did my thing. And I've been doing they that. They probably felt bad. I still don't know what I'm doing. Because yeah. you only charged them 500 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that actually is really similar. Exactly. That is hilarious. I, I like, I never second yeah. shot or assisted for anyone either. I just like started shooting weddings because people asked me when I was studying photojournalism and I didn't know either. Like I remember too, like showing up being like, what happens today? <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> with like my Canon Rebel and my one <laughs> kit lens, you know, I was like, you're going to be next. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay, cool. All right. I'll I'll tell you guys just a quick story. So when I was at that job, I was living in a really nice apartment. And what I realized was like, I was making like probably $150,000 a year and I was making like really good money. And what I realized was like everyone around me was rich. And I was like, man, why has everyone got nice cars? I I make good money and I still don't have money. And Mm. so I was like shooting these weddings and stuff, but I just didn't have any money. So I got obsessed with learning what money was like fully obsessed. I get obsessed about things. I was reading every book. I was like paying my account. I was going to financial planners. I was going to all the seminars. Like I was learning all the things. And, um, and then I was like, Oh, 
it seems easy. All I need to do is get a loan out, buy some houses, and then I'm good to go. <laughs> and so like I worked it out, it took about two years to work out. Uh, and then I was making good income. And then when I finally worked it out, I was like, I'm going to try it out and see if it works. Cause I'm the type of person that gets in right. and does stuff. You know? So um, I went to the bank and said, how much could I borrow? And they said, $1 million. I was like a million dollars. So I went and bought two houses. And then as soon as I bought the two houses, I was like, well, I don't need my job anymore because I bought the houses and I'm, surely that's what everyone has a job for. And so I rang up my boss and I actually quit. And, I, and he was like, oh, what's up? And I'm like, I'm going to be a full-time wedding photographer. And I remember wow. he was shocked. And then I came home and told my wife and she was shocked. And she's like, well, what are we going to do for money? Like you got no work booked in. And I was like, oh, we'll work it out. Like you got to burn the bridges before you move forward and, and make something happen. And so I realized really quickly it was a bad idea because I, I quit my job but I had no work. I had no money. So there's no work. There's no money. I had mortgages. And what happened was in Melbourne, we're going into the quiet season, which I didn't realize we're going into wet, uh, winter. So I was like, oh man, I'm not going to be able to book any work for like a year. And I didn't even think about that. So straight away, I was like, okay, well, I need to get a lot of work real quick. What can I do? You know? And so you, this is what I say, like, you need to get into a position where you have to make something happen because then you can blow shit up. Right. So, um, I went out to my car. That thing was worth about $25,000. Like it was like a pretty nice fancy car. And I put a for sale sticker on it for 20,000, sold it as fast as I could. I went back in the house and I sold our TV, wash machine. I sold all of our stuff. And then I went back to my wife and I was like, we're going to America. We're going to go there for three months and we're going to shoot weddings for free. And I'm going to build that portfolio. So when I get back, we're going to have a year's worth of work. And she was like, all right. So I was like, I bought two tickets. And I've contacted everyone. I've emailed all like venues all over the US. I emailed tons and tons of wedding photographers, um, wedding planners. I was on Instagram, commenting, talking to people, I contacted all the blogs, all the magazines, like everyone, you know, and just to put my word out there and got that money. I ended up booking about eight weddings uh, in the US. And we spent, we spent three months just traveling around, using up all the money, every cent, until the very last day, I shot the last wedding in Chicago and we just had enough money to get to the airport to get home. And I was like, I don't know what we're doing next, but fuck, at least now I've got a portfolio and at least now it's getting featured and, you know, like there's momentum in my business. So that was kind of the thing that blew my business up real quick. He's the only person I've met who's that was the start of Free the Bird. I know. He is crazy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. Like, I thought you were risky. <laughs> I know. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yes. this was 10 years ago, you said? 2013? 2013, that was, yeah. Wow. And so for, for how yeah. long was it pretty much like, did you just focus on wedding photography? In 2013, I always have unrealistic goals. So I was like, in 2013, I was like, I'm going to be a full-time wedding photographer this year. This is before I had a booking. Uh-huh. I'm going to make six figures. I'm going to shoot international. I'm going to be featured. And I'm going to start planning a, um, a workshop. And so I did all those actually in the first 12 months. Um, and then I planned my first workshop for 2015. I did it with a, another photographer named Ryan Muirhead. And he actually flew over and we did it together. Uh, it cost me a lot of money to run because I didn't have a name big enough to sell at a workshop. Totally. So, you know, I overpromised and I had to overspend to get people to sit there. I think it cost me like five grand. But it was my first workshop in 2015. And I've been consistently doing workshops, mentoring, coaching since then. Okay. And what made you want to do that? Man, it blows my mind that creatives don't know business or they don't love business. And so like for me, because it's so easy, like I see it, it's just, it's just like as if, like imagine seeing a photographer and they don't know how to use a camera. Mm-hmm. And for you, you're like, oh, I could easily show you how to yeah. do that. Like here, there's just three easy Love steps that. and then you can take a great yeah. photo. 
So it's just like that with business for me. I'm like, I see everyone struggling. I realized I was like, man, I don't want to be part of the problem and, and complain about people. I'm just going to empower them to show them how to do it. It's like three easy steps, man. Just do these things. You're going to be killing it. Like stop complaining about ghosting emails. Stop complaining about not having enough leads. Stop complaining about like your client experience. Like I'll show you how to do it. It's yeah. easy. Awesome. So that for me was, was the soul. I've never taught photography. I've only talked business, you know? Because I yeah, love it. That's how Fabulous. we feel. We're we're on team. We want to teach about business too, because we feel the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We we are this field the same way. We always kind of like talk about how our our like we are business owners first and we're creatives second. And yeah. I mean, Cammy even goes as far as saying we're service providers first and creatives third. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm a photographer like third down yeah. the list of what I offer uh, yeah. clients, to be honest. And like, I think that's what mm-hmm. sets people apart between like the ones who make it and go far and the ones who like burn out. Yeah. But I love what you said that you, you mm. look at it as like, you know, we could easily sit here and teach them how to use a camera. Like the, it's like the back of our hand. It's very robotic for us now, but mm-hmm. business can be that way too. Of course. Like I, I agree with you. It's not rocket science. It's it's getting yourself out there. It's, it's a recipe. Yeah, it's a really mm-hmm. simple recipe that you just have to be willing to put in the work to do and yeah. and get lucky. You know, we just we all you just, just got get really lucky. lucky. <laughs> That's all it, is. It, it really does. Like, well, think about this with business, right? Like, if you were, um, dude, let's just say one of your friends was going to become a chef, and then you're looking at. Uh, your friend in the kitchen and they're like baking something and they got no recipe and they're like, Oh, I just want to struggle for a bit. Like, I just want to work things out on my own. I'm like, man, you're cooking. So- you know, there's, yeah, recipes, there's recipe. right? And they're like, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, it's all good. And I'm like, well, let me know because I've got a great recipe and it tells you everything you need, you know, the quantities, how long it needs to be there, how fresh something's got to be, you know, everything. And it's, re- you can replicate my recipe and make the same thing for yourself. And so if you want to be a chef, the quickest way is to go and read the recipe, not try and do it by yourself, right? Love that. So I see this all the time, man. I don't cook anything in my kitchen without a recipe personally, because I'm like, well, I don't really have time to make something that I don't like and that doesn't work. But for me, now I've got a shopping list. Don't even have to think about it. I've got all the ingredients now. I know what like to you're do. not it's a hero like for not using the steps that are already out in front of you. <laughs> like, you're not a hero. You're actually probably it's just the like kind of dumb. It's like, okay, well, I'll watch you just <laughs> do that. Yeah, you're, just not, you're not a hero. You're not. So I see this. Love in, that. Well, that logical thinking that I'm talking about is literally how I see. Like when I when okay, for instance, here's another like layer. Imagine that person now doesn't know how to make this cake, right? And they're really struggling. Then they get into a Facebook group and they go, it's the person that ate the cake that really hated it. I don't know what it is. I'm trying to work this out, but they hate the cake and it's their fault. And it's like, <laughs> use the recipe, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, what are you doing? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, of course no one likes the cake. <laughs> 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 That's going to be a given. <laughs> well, I think too, to kind of... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> to kind of oh my piggyback God. off that too is I feel like you know you weren't dumb you didn't like think it was just this like cool th- like this cool like new thing that you are the first person to try right you followed the recipe and then as you've practiced this recipe over time you might have noticed like yeah. a couple things a couple different measurements that made it even better um and better for who Definitely. you are and so yeah. and someone else will tell me something and I'm like oh I wish I knew totally. that totally Totally. Like, oh, you yeah. add a little well, bit that ingredients. Mm-hmm. And I think that Cami exactly. like Cami was saying about how like we hang out every Wednesday now, every third or like once a week. It's like 
yeah, we both have very successful, like thriving businesses, but now that we're around each other and we're both like, Oh, have you ever tried this? Or like, Oh, I've never thought about it that way. Like Mm. it's cool. Like we're just getting tips about our own personal business recipe. Mm -hmm. Like you said, um, that's just making it better every single time, which we would always do like, cause we'd hang out like every few months before and just talk for six hours at a time. And our our spouses (laughs) would be like, Mm. Fuck this! Start a podcast so like we don't have to hear this anymore. Exactly. Um, but... Hey, well, I'm thinking about some analogies. Can Please? I quickly share them? Well, I was just thinking, like, if if this is the case, like, would you agree with me that, like, um, if you went anywhere in the world, you'd probably enjoy the pizza? Yeah, yeah. But it's probably going to be completely totally. different, mm-hmm. right? So the pizza in New York is going to be different to Chicago. Yeah, we know that, right? And it's going to be very different to Los right. Angeles, definitely. It's going to be different to Italy. It's going to be very different to Sweden and different in Australia. And so what's interesting mm. is the fundamentals of making the pizza is the same thing, though, is we can, we can grow something and create something that's completely different. And that's what we're sharing with that. each other. It's like, you should try my pizza pie. And you're like, oh, you should try my like, mini pizzas that I'm offering. And so we expand something. So it's not like everyone's going to make the same thing because we're going, following the same recipe. It's like now that you have the fundamentals of how to make the damn pizza, you can make anything you want. Now you've got creativity yeah. because you're no longer struggling to make the dough. It's like you can choose the toppings. Mm. You know what I mean? I love that. So I just figured like, that's probably a good way of putting, like, I'm just learning shit myself here. Yeah, I'm just, I like, really like that. That is good. That is good. Food analogies are Write great. Write that down. <laughs> they, yeah, so they are. I'm writing this down right now. Yeah, yeah. Recipes, pizza. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> what else? We, we all love pizza. <laughs> we love pizza. Um, I love that. No, I okay, love pizza. So exactly. on that note, will you tell the listeners, um, what is your, like the business map and how is that different from the workshop you do? So we're running a wedding photography summit, which is very different to the business map. The way that I would explain what the wedding photography summit is, it's like going to your favorite festival. And so then the business map would be like my live show. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like you go to the festival because you you like want to see and find new artists and stuff. But then you go and dig deep on your favorite artists because you're like, hell yeah, man. Like I, w- I want to pay more for that. So the wedding photography summit, like we have like all fantastic speakers coming and they get into a room and they're just sort of teaching for like an, between an hour, two hours their strategies, like their recipes. And I think that is going to blow people's minds, going to help Mm. a lot of people. And then the business map for me is like where I put all my time. So it's a coaching program. It's not just a course as well. So I'm literally always in there just answering everybody's questions. We're brainstorming. We do masterminds. Other sailors inside the course do masterminds. They hold masterminds and stuff. So uh, we have Discord. So everyone can chat real quick. Everyone's connected. Everyone's meeting up in real life and and offline. So it's like something for me, it's conversation is the thing that makes us grow really Mm. fast. And the more that people are connected to these things or even connected to me so they can get answers really quick, they can progress so much faster than everybody else. And so, yeah, that's what, that's what the business is all about. It's literally a 12 month program to transform your, your business by like learning the fundamentals, learning the recipe. Cool. And you do like cap the amount of people that are in there. Yeah, we are actually um, for the next enrollment, we are only having 300 people coming in. So we we decided this time finally we're gonna um, start capping how many people come. This in is for the for business sure. map or the summit? Oh, for the map. That's the okay. business map. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the but the wedding photography summit, like I mean, we've had I think over twelve thousand people attend in the last twelve months, and um, it's going to be huge again. And we've got all the big name speakers, and it's going to be so much value, man. It's crazy. The shit's crazy. Yeah. You know yeah, me. Like stuff's it's going to be crazy, crazy. and it's um also. <laughs> Why do you, why it's is it, I was just about to say, why is it so cheap? How do, like, why tell, tell everyone about your philosophy around that? 
Well, it was born out of, um, in 2020, a lot of educators just stopped educating because they were all worried about their own businesses, right? And I realized, I was like, man, we need to show up more than ever because that's the only time anyone needs mm. me is like when things are not going right. right. So if I'm a good educator, that's when I'm going to double yeah. down. So that's when I like doubled down on the podcast. And then I started the Wedding Photography Summit and we sold it for $7. And we did that because one, I didn't want to make it free. No one likes free. But if you pay, you pay attention. So to get people results, I had to make sure that happens. But mm. also, so then that way we could pay for advertising. We could pay the speakers. And no one should be learning from someone that doesn't value themselves enough to charge. Yeah. So I make sure that I pay all the speakers. So that way it, they're not just selling anything. It, it's like, you know, everything. They are actually bringing good value. I'm paying for them to bring good value. The other thing was, and one of the reasons is because um, throughout my career, I've been asked to talk for free at every single workshop by so many people that sell things for so much money. And I've never liked that. I'm like, why? I'm a business yeah. coach. Like, why should I value myself at zero dollars all of a sudden? Because you're selling tickets to me sort of thing. So I realized I was like, I bet you I could prove the whole industry wrong. Instead of selling tickets for a thousand dollars, not paying my speakers, I bet you I could sell them for seven dollars and pay my, be the only one that pays the speakers. And so I worked it out because that's what a business coach does. <laughs> and then we made it happen. And I was like, fuck. It's actually true. Like you can do it. I used to say you could do it. Like you can pay the speakers. You just need to brainstorm a little bit more because we're the ones with the education that you're selling, right? But I had to work it out myself to make sure that like I wasn't just being a hypocrite. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, it can actually yeah. happen. And you did it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the summit. When can people, when is the next one? How can people be a part of it? Well, the next one's in a week's time. Perfect. So everyone better get onto it yeah. real quick. You've got to go over to weddingphotographysummit.com and you go to buy yourself a ticket. There's $7. It's got a 24-hour replay. goes for two days. There's a live DJ. There's 10 speakers. There's bonus workbooks, all that kind of stuff. And then there's replay for 24 hours. But then there's VIP, which is $47, which gives you 12-month replay. And then there's front row seats as well. And that's more so like people that want to... um have a more what's Engaged. the word? I don't know. Like, well, I guess like more um, like hands-on or like just just a better client experience. Because yeah. I realized like so it's sort of like I guess the concept is like sitting side of stage. So they will be on a Zoom call, like the front row seats, and they I'll have an earpiece in, so then they can actually talk to me during the whole cool. thing. Oh. And then they'll be in the after party as well. So then that way they'll be there with all the speakers. They can ask all the questions awesome. and stuff. Um, so I think that's kind of just like a. It's just like a cool thing yeah. to do, yeah. you know, something a cool. little bit different. Well, that's super cool. Yeah, great idea. Whoa. Great idea. Cool. Are you guys going to be there or what? Yeah, I think I'm going to do it this time. I didn't do it last time. And I was like, oh, man. I you did have some doing FOMO. It. When is it again? <laughs> I did have a lot of FOMO. I was like, oh, that was so dumb of Next me. week, one week away. Yeah, yeah. Okay. One week away. All right. Um, I'm all about the 12-month replay. Um, yeah, so I, I am probably going to get a VIP ticket. I'm going to get it. Are you going to get it? I mean, I'll be in Cabo, so maybe I'll just like, you know, sit on the beach with the margarita. <laughs> yes. my headphones mm-hmm. Oh my God, I can't think of anything Hell better. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, amazing. That sounds well, awesome. Well, yeah, I just think, I don't know, not, not to be too, the purpose isn't to sell this for Jai, but what we were, what I was saying earlier, I'm like, I notice incredible things happening in my life and business when I'm surrounding myself with just like positive, inspiring Mm. information. Like, even if you think you don't have anything more to learn, we'll change that for sure. But, um, just like, I don't know, just like absorbing what people have to say in an inspiring and empowering way. Like there's no way that won't change your life. So, um, and for $7, you're just 
I agree as well. <laughs> you got to get obsessive learning. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. You know? totally. Like too many of us, we say like, um, <clears throat> oh, my client experience is perfect. And my business is perfect. My knowledge is perfect. I know it all. Like how many people say that? I know it all. There's nothing I could possibly learn. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man, well, I'm making seven figures over here and you're not. So I'm telling you, yeah. there's probably yeah, there's something, probably you something learn. else you could learn. You know learn. what I mean? Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh Amazing. my gosh. Well, is there anything else you want to add? Do you have any crazy stories that you <laughs> want to end on? Is there anything you wish? Or a little like wrap up of yeah, everything that you said? Is there anything you wish, you know, we would have touched on? Your story is just so cool and so inspiring. And like, I don't know, when I hear you talk about yeah. your story, I'm just like, none of us have any excuses. And that's like really cool. Yeah, that's a great way to say it. Well, that's that's how we should end it, huh? So it's like we don't have any excuses yeah. when we take responsibility of everything. And I'm talking, take responsibility of your failures because they're your fault. Mm. And then take responsibility Whoa. of your success because that's your fault, man. You showed up and you did the work, so you should you should pat yourself on the back. But mm. we could end with like, you guys could just um, ask me a random question that you really want to know. What's your favorite cocktail? Uh, Long Island last tea, nice. actually, because being being the budget guy that I am. Growing up poor, I was like, oh, that's the most alcohol for the less amount of money. Yes, yes. <laughs> the most, the, the cheapest way to get the most juice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a different question? And I still never kicked that. I'm still ordering I that love one. that. That's the first question that popped in my mind. So now I know if I ever see you in the real world, uh, I'll order you a Long Island iced tea. Get me one of those. Perfect. I'm uh, sure that will happen. Who is your, what music artist is your like latest obsession, I guess? That's my question. I think Dope Lemon. I don't know if you've heard no. of Dope Lemon before. Sorry. Dope Very Lemon. Very good tune. Dope Lemon. Okay. I, I think, I think you guys would actually really, really, really enjoy <laughs> okay, cool. it. It's actually an Australian awesome. artist. And, um, but predominantly always hanging out in Los Angeles. And it's kind of like a Los Angeles vibe, okay. I reckon. All right. Yeah. Cool. Get cool. on it. Yes. Well, once again, Jai, thank, thank you, you so, so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. I know this we is had a blast. such an inspiring episode for everyone. Yes. No People excuses. are going to dig this, no doubt. Yes. Tell us you dig it, everyone. Tell us you dig <laughs> it and go buy tickets to the summit so yes. you can get inspired. Oh my gosh. And we will see you all Yay. next week. Yay. Okay. Thanks again. Bye. Peace Yay. out. Thanks for having us, guys. <laughs>